1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Daniel Kandias looks set to be on his way out of Ibrox after they progressed in the Europa League last night. Kilmarnock skipper Gary Dicker says they were a disgrace as they were knocked out by Connors Key Nomads and Gordon Strachan outlines what he's planning to bring to Dundee as their new technical director. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Lindsay Heron. Good evening, Andrew. How are you? All good. Thanks yourself? Very well. Well, there's plenty to talk about as well And we want to be joined by you So give us a call 0141 951 1025 Or you can send us a tweet At Clyde SSB Lots to get through I'm sure, I'm sure you at home have plenty of opinions We want to hear from you So uh, we'll, we'll start with, with Rangers last night They obviously cruised to a, a 6-0 win against St Joseph's It was a hat-trick from Alfredo Morelos Two from Jermaine Defoe One from Joe Aribo A 10-0 win on aggregate So they'll now face old foes Progress Niederkorn Well touch on the game shortly but the big story came after the game there had been rumours yesterday morning that Daniel Kandias could have been on his way out of the club and um, it now looks as if that could well be the case Lindsay Yeah it looks like he's on his way to uh, Genclair Berlirgi is that how you pronounce That's it? That's well pronounced Oh my goodness in Turkey <laughs> in the Turkish Super League um, and it doesn't surprise me at all Andrew I think he was one that uh, was going to be surplus to requirements the amount of players in these areas that uh, Stephen Gerrard was signing. He's obviously brought in Ojo from Liverpool, Ryan, H- uh, sorry, Jamie, Jake Hasty rather from Motherwell. He's got Jamie Murphy. Um, you know, he's got so many options, and he wants to try and get Ryan Kent back. So I think I think Candias's opportunities would have been limited, and it was telling when he wasn't included in the Europa League squad for last week's game in Gibraltar. Yeah, well, we'll hear from Stephen Gerrard, shall we? After the game, he said that Daniel Candias is set for an Ibrox exit after he asked to speak to a club in Turkey. The Rangers boss says he doesn't want the winger to leave the club, but they've reluctantly granted him permission to have talks. I had a conversation yesterday with Daniel. He said he wanted to go and speak to a team in Turkey. We've had an approach. We had a real adult conversation. I said to him that I want him to stay here and fight for the shirt and and be part of the squad. But he said he wants to go and explore the situation over in Turkey. So we granted him that permission reluctantly, but respectfully as well because he's a good man and uh, he's been a good servant. So he's going over to speak to the Turkish club and, and we'll wait to see how that one develops. Basically boils down to he wants to be a regular starter, as in every single game. Uh, at his age, he felt as if you know he, he doesn't want to stay here and be part of the squad and fight for the shirt without any guarantees. So you know we have to respect his decision on it. But it was Daniel's decision to want to explore this interest. Myself and Mark Allen sat in front of him and both echoed that we'd like him to stay. So we'll see how it develops in the next 24, 48 hours. After the conversation, my gut feeling was that he wants to move on. The words out of his mouth was he, he would like to explore it and the chance to move. Well, I mean, Stephen Gerrard very open and honest there, telling us about the discussions he's, he's had with Daniel Kandias. And I, I mean, it's not often a, a manager will come out and say, look, I've sat this player down and, and said to him, I want you to stay at the club and... and Daniel Candace is obviously wanting to explore other options. Well, I think I, I'm quite surprised at Stephen Gerrard saying that um, because it looks to me as if he, he's he's exploring other options for these the positions that Daniel Candace can play. Um, and I think maybe Dan, Daniel Candace has seen the writing on the wall. He maybe feels he's not going to be featuring as much as he would like. And at his age, he needs to be playing regular football. I think he's been a good player for Rangers, though, actually, because he works so hard. Um, he always comes back to help the the, the defence, especially James Tavernier on that right-hand side when he's sometimes exposed. So I think they'll miss that industry. 
but uh, you can understand why he wants to go and, and have a, and have a discussion with the Turkish club. Yeah, Daniel Kandias, when watching him for Rangers, he always seemed quite a quite a passionate player, a player that that really worked hard. I think the fans quite liked him as well because of that. They always like players that come in, especially from abroad, that sort of adopt the the club as one of their own. Daniel Kandias seemed to do that, and all this has really seemed to have come out of nowhere. Yeah, it does. Um, I, I can only assume that it's because Daniel Kandias wants regular football. As I say, he, he, he looks as if his chances would become limited with the signing of Ojo and the potential return of Kent and the, the other options that Gerard has in the wide areas. 01419511025. Rangers fans, we want to hear from you. Do you want Daniel Candace to stay at the club? Do you think after him asking to leave, is it time for him to go? We know that he was left out of Rangers Europa League squad. He could have been registered for the, the next rounds against Progress Niedercorn. But was that maybe in the back of his mind that when he heard of this interest from the Turkish club, he thought, well, you know, I've, I've not been involved in, in these first two games. The first two competitive games of the season, I want to be playing every single game. This might be a sign of, of things to come later on in the campaign. Absolutely. And I think selfishly, G- Stephen Gerrard just wants as, as large and as competitive a squad as possible. So you can understand why he said that he wants to keep him at the club. But... From uh, Candace's point of view, uh, you know he wants to be playing football, and that's why he, I would imagine this deal will be done. Andrew, you would think uh, that Rangers would try and push this one over the line now. If he's got, if he's of a mind, he wants to leave. If you have a look at the the options that Rangers have in those wide areas, Shea Ojo's been brought in. He looks as if he he could be the man that could start down that right hand side for Rangers. There's Jake Hasty, Jordan Jones, Greg Stewart can operate in a wide area, and then there's other players at the club as well. Scott Arfield was showing in the in the later stages of last season that he can play in those sort of more narrower forward roles that Stephen Gerrard was trying out. Jamie Murphy's getting back from fitness now, so there was certainly no guarantees for Daniel Kandias that he was going to start anywhere near as many games as he did last season Absolutely right you've got that uh, correct there Andrew I think that um, you you talk about Stuart I mean he played in that kind of area last night didn't he Um, where he can cut in onto his left side and uh, can be very very important for Rangers Um, so many options and I think that um, the chances would have been limited for Kandias there's no doubt about that 01419511025 01419511025 if you want to get involved or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Well, Gerard went on to say that no player is guaranteed a starting place at the club and he only wants players that want to be there. He also said he can says he can understand the winger's frustrations and won't stand in his way if he wants to go. Not just in this situation since I've walked in the door, I only want people who are prepared to fight for the shirt and um, no one's guaranteed to start and start regularly. The shirts are all up for grabs every single week and um, I want people that are prepared to fight tooth and nail to, to be part of the 11 in the squad. I really respect Daniel as a person and, and where he's at in his career. Um, he's not the best sub, if you like, um, which I respect as well. I was a player who always wanted to play every game. Daniel's not the type to be a squad player, if you like, so I respect that. But I made it quite clear to him that I wanted him to stay but also respect his decision where he's at in his career as well. And I'll never stand in anyone's way who says to me that they want to go and speak to another team. As much as Steven Gerrard is saying that he wants Daniel Kandias to stay, it's always a problem when a player makes it sort of openly known that he, he wants to move elsewhere and he would like to, to speak to another club because there's then a sort of atmosphere around the, around the player that they maybe don't want to be there and that's not something a manager will want in his squad. No, absolutely. I think the exit strategy is in place now, Andrew. I think uh, you know. I think Daniel Kandias is finished now as a Rangers player. It looks like he will be away, um, and I think the Rangers fans, as you say, will thank him for his service. Uh, one of the last uh, survivors from the 
that Pedro Caixinha era. Uh, I think only, only Alfredo Morelos is probably left from the from the, the group of players that he signed. Uh, but he was a good worker. He did work hard. He, he was uh, he was full of industry, full of passion, as you say. Um, uh, but it looks like it's over for him now. 01419511025 on the phone lines. Alan is a Rangers fan in Hamilton. Alan, what's your point tonight? It's just about Ken Davis. Uh, I think he's, he's really been down in my estimation now with the thing he's not wanting to fight for the jersey. He's wanting to be granted a starting place. My thing, I think he's running scared. He's uh, going to bring the, uh, in the young boys. And I think Robson's been bought in the squad now this season. I, I couldn't even see Ken Davis making the bench for this sort of some weeks. Is that something you can see, Lindsay, that maybe he's seen the competition for places come in and, and, and think, you know what, maybe a move on is, is best for me in my career? 100%. I think that's exactly what's happened. I think uh, I can understand Alan's frustration. He wants, he wants players who have a passion for the club and a, a determination to play in the team, but he's looked at the big picture and I think he sees Ojo coming in, he sees Greg Stewart there, he sees Jordan Jones, just as you said. Ryan Kent could be coming back. You talked about Arfield moving wide, so... Um, I think he, at his age, I think he's also looking to try and guarantee his future. If he can get a nice little cosy deal for himself over in Turkey, he's going to set himself up. Alan, when you look at the Rangers squad at the moment, are you content that Rangers can cope if Daniel Kandias leaves? Do you think they've got enough there? I'm not for sure. I think last night, you see the last night as well when they brought, brought on uh, Arfield last night. I thought when Arfield won, we looked a lot stronger than we did throughout the game. And uh, towards the end of last season as well, we Arfield coming in. I thought he actually looked a better player when they played when they played Van Berkland played. And he gave you more options he uh find space into the box as and Candace preferred to always be kind of out wide. Yeah, I think that might could soften the blow, Lindsay, for Stephen Gerrard that he's seen that Arfield is able to operate as, you know, just off the striker in one of those sort of narrower roles that he played in that in the sort of tail end of last season when Rangers went on that good winning run. So it might not be as as big a loss for Steven Gerrard as it as it wouldn't have been if uh, if Scott Arfield hadn't shown those capabilities. Absolutely, I mean this is where Rangers are at their strongest. They've got so many options in the attacking areas now, and so many uh, possible lineups and, and tactical formations that they can choose from. Um, I think I think they almost stumbled upon the the sort of number ten role for Arfield last night uh, last season rather because of the Morello suspension. But it worked brilliantly, as you say. Jermaine Defoe and he were very, very successful together. And he also drifted into the wide area and, and, and produced the goods in that in that position. So a lot for Stephen Gerrard to think about, about what, what his um, most powerful lineup will be. Alan, if Rangers are able to get a fee for Daniel Kandias, are you hoping that could be put back into the squad? And are you hoping that is there a specific position that you'd like to see Stephen Gerrard strengthen? I still think we need a last right turn. Just in case he hands it the last one with Morelis, although Gerard said he won't let it go that way. Uh, I'd still like to see bringing in a striker. I think that'd be happy with that. And hopefully they'll. I'd like Kent back, but the players he's brought in just now, I don't think if we don't get Kent, it won't be a bad thing. I mean, that. It's an interesting point because I think at the, the end of last season, Lindsay, a lot of Rangers fans were desperate to get. Ryan Kent back he was obviously young player of the year in, in Scotland last year but with the players that Steven Gerrard has, has managed to bring in the way they're playing football earlier on in, in this campaign it's maybe not as vital to some of them that, that Ryan Kent comes back to Ibrox although a lot of them would still like to see him 
I think I disagree a little bit. I think Ryan Kent coming back is key for Rangers because he's got that season under his belt. He knows the division. He's played well in the big games. He scored in the old firm match. Uh, I think he's a player that uh, opposition defenders don't like to play against. Uh, we we know that Ojo's got uh, talent and ability, but uh, you know, and he has played for Liverpool's first team. Uh, we know that Jordan Jones has got talent and ability, but can they crack it at this level uh, over a sustained period? We don't know yet. But I think Ryan Kent would come back and hit the ground running and be an even better player than he was last season. Alan, what did you make of the Rangers' performance last night? I think the big thing for last night was the strength and depth of the squad with Gerard Abbs last night. Because basically, I wouldn't say there's only three or four boys in that team that would maybe start. Maybe a starting eleven. The rest was all kind of more or less squad players. But uh, I've been impressed with what I've seen for the season. So I'm just hoping they can kick on for the start of the season. Well, thank you to Alan in Hamilton. 0141951-1025 if you want to get involved. Let's get Stephen Gerrard's thoughts on the game last night. He says Rangers impressed him in the second half of their win against St. Joseph's. He said he expected better in the first half, but he was happy with our more positive approach later in the game. I thought first half was quite boring and slow, predictable. I thought the second half was really entertaining and much better. There were certain people within the starting eleven who were quite nervous and tentative and... Yeah, went for the safe option out there. Second half, we expressed ourselves. We were a lot more positive, um, entertained the fans more. And um, yeah, I enjoyed watching the second half much better. But again, it's another strong win with a clean sheet and, and we move on. I think even before we made the change, it looked a lot more positive. Uh, when we got into crossing positions, we crossed it. Uh, when we got the chance to combine and, and get a shot off, we did it. We had midfielders who were prepared to run and we got our rewards from it by getting penalties. It just looked different on the eye from the side from me. Um, I expected us to be better in in the first half and I thought the crowd went a bit flat but that was down to us and and we were responsible for that. I think when you come up against opposition like St Joseph, the onus and responsibility is on us to play quicker, entertain more, be more positive. Uh, if it doesn't come off, you know you get corners from it or you get fouls from it, and then the crowd stay up and they're, they're more entertained. So you know, I think we've we've got a lot to learn from the first half. It maybe had a bit of a similar tone to last week's game against St Joseph's, where the first half wasn't exactly what Steven Gerrard was looking for, and then Rangers kicked on in the second half. Albeit they they did manage to still get a couple of goals in in the first half this week. Yeah, I mean it's a type of match uh, that you know, no matter what you do, and you know you've got to just win the match and get through. Um, we never thought Rangers were going to be in any kind of trouble in the game. Um, yeah, first half they only got the two goals, maybe a little frustrating for the crowd, but they they racked them up second half. A hat trick for for Morelos, which will do his conference the world a good four goals already in the early part of the campaign, and you know you wonder if that uh, will alert clubs again. Uh, that my goodness he started in good goal scoring form albeit against a level of opposition that's not of any great standard you look at obviously Morelos grabbing three goals you've got Jermaine Defoe grabbing two goals it's going to be awkward maybe for Steven Gerrard this season between the two players because you've got two guys that will want to play every minute of every game of course with the amount of games that Rangers play that's not going to be possible but it's going to be hard with, with two guys that want to be that main number nine to try and give them both the game time they're wanting and keep them both happy 100% it's going to be a real dilemma for him Uh, Jermaine Defoe at at his age and his uh, experience he wants to be the the, the regular number nine and we we all know that Morelos will certainly not be happy sitting on the bench Um, Gerard's already said that uh, if a club wants to sign Morelos they need to come in now he's not going to countenance a a sale towards the end of the window 
Um, I just wonder if there's anyone out there. There's t- rumours of West Ham. We don't know if they're going to come in or not, but uh, it is a problem for him. I can't see him playing the two of them together, that's for sure. And you look at the, the rest of the team, there was obviously the, the chance for Steven Gerrard to bring in a, a few players that are maybe on the fringes or a, a few new signings to, to give them a goal. Greg Doherty had his loan spell at Shrewsbury last season. He's come back, he set up two goals last night. He won a penalty as well. Steven Gerrard spoke highly of him after the game. Can you see him featuring for Rangers this season? Can he be, you know, if not a starter, someone that can make an impact, at least from the bench? I think it'll be difficult for Greg, but he certainly started very well. He's uh, he's certainly making a case for himself. Um, he's got that energy. He's got that enthusiasm. He seems to be a stronger looking player than than the one that left Rangers for Shrewsbury last uh, last summer. Um, Stephen Gerrard's got a lot of options in the midfield and front areas, hasn't he? Um, I don't think I would have him in the starting eleven, but he's certainly a, a player that uh, Stephen Gerrard can call upon. And then the likes of you know there was George Edmondson, Jake Hasty, Matt Polster, Greg Stewart. Just good for them to get a taste of that Ibrox atmosphere. There was, you know, a, a big crowd there. For them in a competitive match to to play in that environment, that'll just be good experience for them going forward. Yeah, this is the, this is the strongest Rangers squad that's been assembled since Ali McCoyce was a manager back in 2012 before the financial meltdown kicked in. Uh, there's no doubt there's a lot of uh, cover, there's uh, experience, uh, there's excitement, there's flair. Um, whether it works or not, you know, we're not quite sure, but... Uh, there are certainly a lot of uh, positives for Rangers fans right now. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Kilmarnock fans, we want to hear from you because after the break, we'll be getting all the reaction to that shock Europa League exit last night. That's all coming after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's dot com. Lindsay Heron here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We were touching on the Rangers' result last night, but of course they weren't the only Scottish team in European action. Aberdeen had an earlier kick-off. They were five o'clock. They fought off an early scare to beat Rovaniemi 2-1 on the night and 4-2 on aggregate. So they'll face Georgian side Chikura in the next round. We were hoping that it was going to be four out of four for the Scottish sides last night. Didn't quite end up being the case, did it, Lindsay? I mean, you, you can't put a too finer point on it. Kilmarnock's defeat to uh, Conor Key's Nomads is an absolute nightmare. It's a, a disastrous result uh, and the ramifications could be horrendous for Kilmarnock. Um, you know, the poor fans, they waited 18 years to get back into Europe. They face a Welsh team. They bought all their tickets for Belgrade next week and uh, all of a sudden they're out. I mean, it's just utterly horrendous. 01419511025 Kilmarnock fans we want to hear from you what did you make of that result last night Sam is a Kilmarnock fan in shots Sam what did you make of it uh, Hi guys uh, good evening I uh, absolutely embarrassed disgusted it was to me the new guy was standing the touch when he was clueless honestly that's what it looked like to the stand absolutely clueless I mean, the thing is, he's only in the in the in the dugout for his second match. I mean, I understand your your disappointment and your and your frustration, but surely, surely the players must take largely the responsibility for that performance last night. Well, I don't know if there's a breakdown in communications. Maybe there's a communication barrier. I don't know, but to me, it's as if the heart's been ripped to the team. I don't know. There's something missing, and to be honest with you, there's fans shouting for him to, to get out already. 
that's the biggest problem, isn't it? I mean, you look at it now and, the, you know, the, the grace period's over for Alessio. Um, he's got no time to sort of bed himself in. He has to react very quickly, Andrew, and, and get Kamara off and running when the league season starts. Sam, specifically, what do you think went wrong last night? Uh, I don't know, honestly. That, there was no urgency there. There was no, like, like the tackles when they as like, committed as they usually are. Uh, I know it's a new manager, but it's the same team. And apart from the, the new boy in the midfield, but it, even Barry Dicker and Alan Power, who you could put your mortgage on to pull you out any situation, it's just as if it, there was something just no there. I don't know. I, I just it was. I actually said to my son in the drive home to the game. I said, "Did that actually harm, or was that a nightmare?" I just honestly. Beggar's belief for last night. Because that's the thing, Lindsay. A lot of people will will look at the result and they'll say, "Well, the the one thing that's changed between this season and last season is the manager." I know exactly. That's that. I mean, that's the obvious thing, isn't it? Um, You know, would Steve Clark have uh, lost that game last night? That's the question. And it's too early to judge uh, Angelo Alessio. It's unfair to judge him, but clearly, uh, Sam says the pressure's on him right away. Um, and if the fans are thinking he doesn't know what he's doing or he, he doesn't have a communication with the players, then he's he's under you know he's he's under the cosh right away. Sam, back, uh, uh, almost two years ago when Steve Clark first came in, we played Hibs a midweek game yeah. at Rugby Park. I was there. No, I was there. But you knew there was something going to happen there. You could see it in the team, mm-hmm. and we we knew coming away for that game that night the way the team played. And oh, okay, we could beat three 0 but it was a case of Hibs were up the park three times and put the ball in the net. But last night it was just no. Nah, I'm sorry. I know it's early doors, but nah, no for me. He's no for me. Lindsay, what happens now? What do this Kilmarnock side and what do Angelo Alessio need to do to try and get the Kilmarnock fans back on side? Because it's not just Sam. There's a lot of disgruntled Kilmarnock fans out there. Well, the worst thing now is that he doesn't have a, a, a match now, does he? Until the, the league starts on, on August the 3rd, or August the 4th rather, isn't it? That home to Rangers of mm-hmm. all teams. Um, but apart from, I understand there's a there's a, a Kilmarnock 11 are going to play Darville Juniors at the weekend. So some of these Kelly players are going to be brought down to earth in that one, aren't they? Um, that's the hard part, isn't it? The next few weeks, uh, it's just hard graft in the training ground. He's got to try and get his message across. He needs to get all of these players on board. Uh, but the lack of a game is a real killer for him, isn't it? Sam, is that... Has, oh, on you go, uh, Sam. Stevie Clark, he's come in and he's seen the ability of the commandment players and he's played to their strength and that's what that's why we've done so well under Stevie Clark. But this guy, I think he's trying to change it, but he needs to remember what a uh, level of player that he's actually got at commandment and play to their strength. Mm. I don't know if he's trying to change the whole structure of the team or try to get him to play in a different way or I don't surely he must be saying to Alex Dyer I would like to think right what, what did you do Let, let's see if I can tweak it a wee bit here a wee bit there and try and make it better I don't know I don't know Do you not think though Sam that in any event the commander player should have been able to win that game without, with or without any guidance Listen commander under 23 should have been out and beat that team Let's be honest let's not beat about the bush here Sam, is the, is the real you know heartbreak the fact that it's been 18 years, there was so much build-up after how successful last season was, there was a disappointment of, of Steve Clark leaving, but you know there was all this build-up and it just fell so flat. Oh, it, it didn't even, the spark didn't even get lit. 
to be honest with you. And I'm I'm dreading Rangers coming to Rugby Park for the first game of the season. See, last year, we were going to Ibrox and Celtic Park, or they were coming to Rugby Park. I was going to the games expecting to win. Whereas before you were playing the old firm, you were going, oh, no, I hope we can keep it tight. But we were going last year expecting to beat the old firm. And to be fair, we did. We didn't. We kept us. No, I mean, we held our own. But I'm, I'm dreading the first game of the season. What did you make of the appointment when it happened, Sam? Were you one of those that were, were sceptical or did you think it was a, an innovative appointment from someone from Italian football? I was very sceptical. Considering the amount of British managers that actually came out and said they wanted the job with a good, with good track records in British football. I'm, and I'm not saying because the guy's Italian he shouldn't have got the job or whatever. What I'm saying is, surely, Billy Bowie, he's not a silly man. He must have spoke to Alec Dyer and said, right, who do you think here? You're going to say, oh, and so is Remedy out there? You would like to work with it? I don't know how it works at that level, but I just don't know where he got the guy from. He just came out of left field. I don't know. And um, at the start, I'm going, well, maybe we'll give, we'll give him a chance, but no, I'm sorry. That's, I've never seen a home crowd turn on a manager as much in his first uh, home game, honestly. I mean, it, it's now a big, big task for Angelo Alessio, Lindsay. It's the one place he needs to start is... Bringing in players as well I know that you know People talk about that continuity But there has only been two signings On top of that as well And you know Sam was saying that Why isn't he saying to Alex Dyer What, what was happening last season Why can't we do more of that And maybe tweak it a little But every manager that comes in Is going to want to put their own stamp on it They're not going to want to look at the last manager And just think well We'll just do what he was doing And, and hope that it stays the same Absolutely But it's such a setback for him isn't it If he got through this match then it would give him breathing space to try and build his new ideas and create his own team. I'm certain. I'm certainly want to bring in his own players. Whether Billy Bowie and the board allow him to do that uh, to any great level, we don't know. But uh, as I say, these next two weeks will be really tough. He's got to try and get his message across in the training ground and try and get a, a system and, and a confidence in place for this Rangers game on the fourth of August. Well, thank you to Sam in shots. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you want to come on the phone, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Let's hear from Gary Dicker, though, shall we? Because he certainly didn't mince his words after the game. He said last night's loss was embarrassing for the club, and he says the players take full responsibility. He also says there's no excuses for that type of defeat. We've got to take the blame for it. You get the plaudits last year, record breakers, but breaking the wrong records this year and there's nothing else you can say really about that it's just not good enough and as players it's it's embarrassing for the club and the fans as I said they've waited that long to get here and we dish up that just I'm gutted for them to be honest more than anyone because they've been through enough over the years and as you said we worked that hard and then to dish that up it's just it's embarrassing disgrace whatever you want to call it but We've got to take it because we're out there playing and I'll take the slack as you said as captain and take the plaudits last year so you've got to take it when you dish that up. We'll take full responsibility for it, I will. I'm sure the rest of the lads will and it's not good enough. You can say this or that about I'm not going to sugarcoat it or say oh it's early on. It's just not good enough as a group, as a club and we embarrassed ourselves and our fans to be honest with you. Uh, it's hard to take. I mean, you can just hear the dejection in his voice there. Oh, I mean, uh, Gary Dick has always been a very honest man. And, uh, I mean, he must be absolutely shattered. Uh, I mean, he's culpable. He was involved in it. He has to take a sh- his share of responsibility. Um, but it must be the worst day of his football career. Eh? I mean, and for all of these Kilmarnock players, we're, 
discussing it off air, Andrew. I mean, is that the worst European result of a Scottish team of all time? Maybe progress, neither corner is worse, given the stature of Rangers, I suppose, uh, with all due, due respect to Kilmarnock. But I mean, horrendous, you know, losing at home in, in the manner that they did. And I mean, I was I was seeing online that there was even a few Kilmarnock fans that had already booked their flights to to Belgrade. I mean, that is that's just rubbing salt on the wounds, really. Oh, they're going to have to go now anyway, aren't they? If they've paid for it, but uh, <laughs> I don't think they'll be going to the game. That's for sure. No, I don't think so. Uh, well, let's hear from Angelo Alessio because he has apologised to the Kilmarnock fans after they crashed out of Europe. He says they need to learn from the game, and he's tipped them to bounce back from the disappointment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for this result because uh, I thought. It's bad result for us after uh, the, the first game in Konezque the last uh, week. Uh, we won 2-1. Uh, today uh, we lost 2-0. And, uh, but at the same time, because I, I think it's important uh, for us to learn, to learn for this game, to continue to work hard every day. This team and this player, they have uh, uh, shown the right attitude, the right uh, mentality uh, in the past. At the same time, I think uh, it's okay. This is uh, the bad result, but if we have to learn this, this, this match to the, this evening. The first half, we have had uh, three, three opportunities for to score the goal. Their goalkeeper, great save. But at the same time, in the second half, it's important don't lose uh, uh, your head and stay in the, into the game. We conceded two goals, the second penalty. But this is uh, the, the football. I mean, that's the thing, Lindsay. If there's anything, anything at all that Kumarak can take from that, it has to be a lesson. Exactly. I mean, obviously, Angelo Alessio is saying all the right things there. You'd imagine him to say he's not about to, to say anything differently. Um, so hard for him he's only in the door five minutes and everybody's on his back uh, he's been branded uh, you know useless a failure doesn't know what he's doing um, but as I say these next two weeks are going to be crucial for him um, he couldn't have he doesn't have it much harder than Rangers in the opening weekend of the season but he needs to coax a performance out of these players and he needs to get his ideas across quickly 01419511025 if you want to get involved Ryan is a Rangers fan in Hurlford Brian it's Brian hi how you doing I think Conor Plodic should go to Rangers this, this week and last week for a simple reason. We're the only team in Scotland to go to Gibraltar and win. <laughs> We're the only team in Scotland to play in these European ties this week and last week not to concede a goal irrespective of who they're playing. All the rest concede goals and the way that Rangers are playing and the way they've got competition in all areas. If we can hold on to Morelos, I can see Glasgow Rangers winning the treble. And I, I mean that because we're playing fantastic football. We're scoring, scoring goals for fun. We've got a great defence. Midfield fighting for places. I would say up front we're a wee bit light, but if they can keep Morelis, I think we'll win the table. Well, that's a bold prediction, uh, Brian, that's for sure. Uh, bearing in mind they've only just beaten a team from Gibraltar in the, in the Europa League. Uh, a lot of work to be done, I would suggest, Andrew. Yeah, Brian, I mean, it, it is still early in the season. It was a team from Gibraltar, but from the early signs of what you've seen, you're you're sure that the the squad is certainly up to it. Oh, definitely, aye. It can only get better. And we've got a young team, a young hungry team with Jake Hasty, Doherty back, and Morelos is still young. Uh, Kamara, we've got a great 
tre unge øh, hungre fæsergu team starten min fede defense right forward okay penalty okay kreslo okay pace okay talent fast enough all picking up all it's really exciting things for Rangers this season I really think it is and in respect to who we played in the European uh, the Europa League there to score 10 goals it's still a mean feat yeah, I mean, they've done well, Brian, no doubt about it. They've got the job done and they've entertained the fans by knocking in a few goals as well. Um, are you a little bit concerned about the lack of experience in the squad, however? I know you are excited about the young players and deservedly so and rightly so, but uh, maybe just a little bit light on guys who've been and done it at the highest level. Well, Steve Davis is there. Uh, Ryan Jack's been there. Uh, Jermaine Defoe as well. Uh, no, I mean, uh, Defoe, I mean, if... See if he was 10 years younger, my God, what a, what a striker we would have had in our hands. We've still got a good striker, and before he still knows where the goal is. Yep. He's a predator. I, I, many a defender would say, oh, I wouldn't like to come up against him. But, but I'll tell you, no, age goes for none. With Stevie Gerrard, with the man management, I think we've got a diamond. We live. I mean, that's just pure pure confidence and that, that Brian's got there. He's clearly been inspired by what he's seen from Rangers so far this campaign. But, you know, you can never really tell too much from these early stages, can you, Lindsay? Because I remember, you know, back a few, say, was it three seasons ago when uh, Brendan Rodgers' first game in charge, they lost to Lincoln Redimps and then they went on to have an invincible season. So, it, you know, Rangers may well go on and, and win the league or, or win the treble, as Brian's hoping, but you, it's still very early in the campaign. Oh yeah, absolutely. Listen, there, there are certain grounds, there are certainly grounds for to be optimistic. If you're a Rangers fan, as I say, strongest squad that's been assembled in seven years, uh, without question. Uh, a lot of exciting players in the group. Um, they're knocking in the goals, they're not conceding goals. And that was the, that was a kind of bedrock of last season, wasn't it, in Europe? Until they got to the group phase, Rangers were pretty strong uh, in, the, in these matches. And Stephen Gerrard seems to know how to play in the European arena. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. We'll have more of your calls after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Lindsay Heron here with me, Andrew McLean, on the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Plenty to talk about, so make sure you get involved. 01419511025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. A, a topic that has been quite hot on the phone lines, Lindsay, over the past few weeks has been their situation at right back for Celtic of course they've had Christopher Iyer filling in there in the European games there's been reports that Celtic are set to complete the signing of Israeli defender Hatim Abd El Hamid uh, reports saying that they've agreed a fee of around £2 million with Hapoel Beersheva it's, it's certainly an area that, that Neil Lennon has openly talked about he said he wants two right backs in that position what we know about him is he's, he's tall he can play centre back as well from the sort of vague things that we've heard about him he Maybe sounds like he's similar in the mould to, to Mikael Lustig, who, um, of course, spent so long at Celtic and has, has now left. Yeah, I mean, Lustig's a big loss. Um, he was a super player for Celtic over a number of years, very strong player. Um, he hardly missed too many games, did he? He was uh, a very stalwart, if you like, in that position. Um, it is a problem area for him, as you say. He tried Christopher Ryer out there in the European matches, maybe just as a, as a fill-in situation. Um, so I think if he can get this one over the line, it gives him a t- gives him time in these in these European ties to try and bed the the player in uh, from Beersheva. It's a it's a market he knows well. You know he, he's he's been to to Israel a few times. Neil Lennon hasn't he to to bring in players? Yeah, I think he made his uh, 
Israel debut not too long ago played in the same team as, as Nir Beaton as well so I'm sure that that's someone he, he could well have taken advice from when looking at him another name that's cropped up as well Celtic reportedly interested in bringing Danny Simpson on trial a man that's of course won the English Premier League maybe at the wrong side of, of 30 now but a guy that would bring experience to Celtic Well it could be a, a good fix uh, in the short term Andrew you know you could get someone of his experience in um, clearly not in the plans of Brendan Rodgers down, down at Leicester City anymore so uh, an opportunity for him to try and win himself a contract uh, so certainly Neil Lennon's got to look at the different options and, and he's certainly won 01419511025 on the phones Paul is a Celtic fan in Kirk and Tillock. Paul Hey, hi, hi, guys. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. The uh, <clears throat> point tonight is that I'm uh, I'm enjoying the calmness of Celtic now. Uh, I was at the game uh, during the week, and it was a kind of typical early Champions League grounds game. Uh, just basically, the, the players getting up to up to speed. Uh, for once, Celtic seem to be spending the money at the back of the park in the defence which I'm pleased about which they should have really done for years uh, in the past I think that contributed to is not doing so well in the Champions League uh, I think we've got enough in the attacking sense uh, we've spent the money in uh, the big centre half big friends Julian I think he's in this yeah. uh, which I think is the, one of the most important positions I think that Obviously, we don't want Kieran Tierney to go. Uh, he's not away yet, and I'm not convinced he'll go to Arsenal, uh, but I think there'll be other, other bids in for him. But I think, going forward, I think, as far as Europe's concerned, we need to stop the Cavalier approach that we all get too romantic about playing the Celtic away. It's going low, and if they score five, we score ten. It's not going to happen. So I'm, I'm enjoying the, the fact that, that Neil Lennon uh, seems to be addressing the back. Uh, where previous managers, it's all been about attack, attack, attack. Yeah, I can understand what you mean there. Um, they have lost a couple of goals, but they've been comfortable really so far. I mean, what, 5-2 in aggregate, wasn't it? Uh, against Sarajevo, never really in any trouble. And uh, you'd imagine it would be a similar situation against the team from Estonia. Um Celtic quietly going about their business. Um, that, they do have a couple of issues, though. The right back is an issue, I think. Um, you know what? What does he do uh, if Kieran Tierney goes? Is he happy with Bolingoli as the only cover for that side of the pitch? I'm not sure. Uh, but if the money's there, uh, you know, he will have options to spend it, won't he? Paul, is that what has filled you with a bit of confidence as well? As the fact is, you know. They've not only brought in Christopher Julian and, and volleyball and golly, but you know the fees have been relatively sizable. I mean, sizable for Julian and, and seven million, around three million for ball and golly. You were saying you wanted the money to be spent in that department, and it, it looks as if it's been been spent in numbers. Yeah, I think Neil Lynn's very much all about quality, not quantity. He's not wanting to sign too many projects. I mean, if you think about it, we've got uh, we've got loads of projects coming back to the team. Uh, We've got the the young guy from the Ukraine who who was out injured, Lewis Morgan, who played really well the other night. I thought he actually switched him with James Forrest at one point. We've got so many I, I can't even remember their names. We've got the American guy, you know. I mean, we've got we've still got a big squad, uh, but I do think ah, you need to spend the money. We've been crying out to get the defence sorted out for a good few years. I mean, going for, we've got Lee Griffiths coming back. Uh, 
I mean, we've got attacking options all over the place. There is goals all over the place, you know, but uh, I do think that Neil Lennon, more than Brendan Rodgers, has got a, a more realistic approach uh, to get into Europe where you do need to park the bus a bit. You need to park the bus and you need to take your chances, which we've got a guy like Edward who is a, a big match player who we also paid a big fee for, paid £9 million. I think that if we look at the kind of Ajax model, uh, now Ajax, they get a bit, they get more television money and stuff, but I think Neil Lennon thinks that Celtic are capable of doing an Ajax with a few few signings, bedding a few guys in, and I think that's what we really kind of need to be uh, looking to do. I mean, you touched on a few names there, Marion Schved, Lewis Morgan, there's, there's Bio as well. Neil Lennon hasn't made really many signings or any signings really in the forward areas but these guys could be like new signings in the forward areas for Celtic Yeah we don't know too much about them do we um, certainly Sven we don't know if he's going to be an impactful player or not Lewis Morgan uh, we do know has got talent uh, he's got ability he's two footed he's had that season at Sunderland uh, will he become a Celtic regular this year I'm not so sure I mean James Forrest is obviously the player of the year uh, across the board last season you would expect him to kick on again um, these guys are looking like backup to me, Andrew, rather than uh, than starters. But uh, um, yeah, I think Paul makes a good point. I think there are there is cover across the front areas comfortably. Um, right back would be the the main priority right now. Well, thank you to Paul in Kirk and Telic. Another point that he touched on was just how Neil Lennon deals with these European games. Because if there was one criticism about Brendan Rodgers, it would have been that when Celtic came up against the big teams in Europe, a lot of the time it was big score lines. Uh, you know, against Barcelona and Manchester. Well, not not so much Manchester City, but there were big score lines. And Paul seems confident that Neil Lennon is able to handle these games better. Yeah, Paris Saint Germain was another one, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's no way a Neil Lennon team would uh, endeavour to try and go toe to toe with these sides uh, and allow themselves to be taken apart the way Celtic were in these matches. Um, so I think, yeah, I think the Celtic fans will be more uh, pleased about that if and when they do get, or hopefully get into the group phase. They've still got a long way to go, of course, through this Champions League qualifying route. Yeah, it's still an arduous task to get through. Celtic, of course, didn't make it to the Champions League group stages last year. Do you think that these signings need to come quickly? Because, you know, it's eight games in eight weeks. The further you get into the qualifiers, the harder the opposition is going to tend to be. Do you feel it? the signings need to come quickly for Neil Lennon or with Paul saying there's, there's patience, is, is that okay? No, I think he wants them in as quickly as possible. You want to get your new men in, bed them in, get them hitting the ground running and making an impact as quickly as possible. Well, thank you to Paul in Kirk and Tillich and thank you for all your calls and tweets tonight. And of course, thank you to Lindsay Heron in the studio as well. We'll be back next week. Plenty more European action. Of course, Celtic taking on Nomi Kalyu in the Champions League qualifiers at home on Wednesday. Rangers then taking on Progress Niederkorn on Thursday as well as Aberdeen facing Jordan side Chikura on Thursday as well. Plenty to look forward to next week. Make sure you get involved then. Don't go anywhere though. Callum Gallagher is up next.
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.